went to some lover too many, busted by single moms everywhere. Welcome back to Crime Time. Greetings, this is Pato Banton. You're listening to Crime Time every time. Juan. Well, my name is Sparks. I'm a graphaholic. Even when I'm standing over her, she doesn't understand. The panel are for a week. How many G spots does a woman have? Three, five. Crime time, crime time, crime time, crime time. It's the way to be. Rabbit, that boy, rabbit, rabbit. What time? Crime time. Got interested in playing graffiti. You're not going to get the easy one, you know, so. But Graph is getting to be the worst of them all. Of them all. Of them all. If you are pregnant, nursing, or may become pregnant in the next 60 days, please refrain from listening. All others proceed with caution. Thank you. Crime time. And here's this. Rawr, 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 rawr. Rabbit, that boy, rabbit, rabbit. What's going on, you little freaking barbiturate? How's your night? <laughs> Real good. How's yours? Tell us what happened this weekend. A person that used to work over at the job that I worked at quit. He had been working there for a long time and grew fond of him. He was a fun guy to be around. One of the managers there and one day just decided to quit. And that's, but it worked out for everybody. One last hoorah. I just went a little too crazy, man. Had a little too many drinks. It was all worth it. You know, that's what I call a sorgasm. Been watching Nickelodeon probably 10 years old. They had the show called Wild and Crazy Kids. Time where they had these graffiti artists banging out this mural. One cat was painting this girl with her mouth open, all crazy, tongue sticking out like she was getting wild. It just really intrigued me. Damn, I got to learn how to do this kind of stuff because I was already into drawing. That was what triggered it. There was things before graffiti came along that would have kind of been flags, kind of indicating that you probably would have got into graph regardless. Growing up in my neighborhood, we lived really close to a train yard. I was exposed to that. Our track and field area was right across the street from a train yard. While everybody's playing basketball or football, I was just standing at the chain link fence staring at all the different boxcars that were coming in. And, and they weren't covered like and and how everything is covered nowadays. It was like your select few cars, like maybe every 10 cars would have a piece on it worth looking at. Because, I mean, there were scribbles and and hobo tags here and there, really colorful, dope-ass pieces would come around seldomly. Do you remember one of the first names that you saw on a train? Ember from HM on the line. Who was your first graph heroes, guys that really stood out? San Antonio. They were doing some really dope stuff, the hood sides of town, and that was where my grandfather lived, the west side of San Antonio, 95. Walls that were covered end-to-end, top-to-bottom, just burners, very intriguing. And then later on, I started meeting kids that were doing tags and this black book at this pizzeria, and I started talking to them about graffiti and I said oh do you know who did that wall over there and they're like oh yeah that was you know wall rock crew or rtd researching those guys seeing more pieces pop up driving to other places in town that would run around with my disposable camera taking pictures of everything eventually meeting these guys and getting schooled on style and technique i want to say the real hero really big influences were people that were in the laws crew like ink suffer 
I have my buddy Supa. He was the one that was doing these really wild, like, character letters that had eyeballs in his letters that didn't need to be there, but they just made the letters come alive. Shit like that, that was just really inspiring to me because before that, I just thought of letters as a static object. It didn't have life. It didn't have funk. It didn't have feeling. And then after that, it was like, oh, shit, you could do all kinds of crazy shit with your letters. You can bend them, twist them, make them, you know, have smiles. Just let them have fun. For a writer that's lasted as long as you have, and I'm not talking about your, you know, sexual um, performance, (laughs) but a writer that can last, (laughs) man, it's definitely sacred what got him into it because it has meaning. Definitely. What would make someone let go of this golden bar that's so good? like family life, drugs, have a really bad drinking problem. I feel like they're more of a a distraction than actually losing that love. Because I'm I'm sure if they put away that distraction or got away from the distraction, picked up a can again, connected with the old homie that they used to paint with or used to go benching with, then it would bring that out again, you know, because I feel like that can't just die. You can't just drop that golden bar, golden nugget and just be like, oh, like, it's cool. I don't need that anymore. Like, who does that? I don't know. I can't stop painting. Even if I'm not painting a wall, it's like I got to paint something, paint a canvas or draw something in my black book, an obsession with art and creating. I feel like creation is godlike. I want to be a creator. I don't want to be someone that's just on the sidelines just watching people create or a spectator or a consumer. I'd rather create. Like, I know you've had best friends that you've lost because they were competitive, right? And you're looking at it yeah. now, you're like, dude, there's room for all of us at the top. It's true. There is room for all of us. Speaking on the whole losing friends over competition thing, there was a point where I felt like I almost get, got kicked out of Law's crew because I was a newcomer in the crew. I didn't have seniority. We were painting the wall, and I was telling the people that did have seniority that they got to step up because I'm painting on the wall, too. And they're like, oh, who the fuck are you, fool? Like, hold your horses, man. You ain't going to be showboating us like that. But it brought out that competition. It brought out that drive to want to, like, burn extra hard all right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go all in on this one this little kid's talking shit i'm gonna go all in i'm gonna put all the highlights i'm gonna sparkles on this shit that kind of like builds like a fire it makes that person either get burnt or like add to that fire your style to me looks like an orchid which is ironic because they've said that an orchid looks like a woman's genitals but your style to me kind of looks like round and kind of beveled 3d yeah i never thought it looked like an orchid until you said that and definitely have all those smooth curves and got the shadows in certain places and highlights on other places i look at my letters like i'm doing a figure drawing focusing mostly on like the ass and titties pretty much what it is because i do a lot of erotic drawings too and erotic art that's an obsession that started when i was I don't know, six years old or something like that. So my letters, I grew to that. Started off with just regular straight letters, but then it just started getting more shape, more extensions that look like legs or arms. Started to come alive more. I can make a piece look sexy where people are just like, damn, that shit looks hot. That shit looks sexy. That's a beautiful piece. You're bringing life to your letters, doing the same sort of shade, same highlights that you would do for the human body. Your style is kind of like a personification. Exactly. And there's a lot of times, too, where people will look at the letter D. It'll look like a clitoris when I'm not even trying to make it look like that. But I want to put, like, the dot of the center of the the D, like a frown or, like, an eyebrow sticking up. 
But then somebody will look at it and be like, damn, you put a clit right there, didn't you? I'm like, what? No, like, <laughs> that's the eye of the bee. And they're like, what? Bees shouldn't have eyes. Do you only like other similar dimensional styles or are you kind of open to everything? Definitely like the beveled look and dimensional pieces dime i really loved his style just because it really did look like it was coming off the wall and just that optical illusion just got my mind going to where i thought how can i do this with my letters how can i make them float how can i make them you know have that kind of strong dimension i'm a fan of of people that are doing stuff like that because it it makes me think of how i can do things similar but then the people that are just doing flat pieces help me too where i think oh cool like that's an interesting color palette. And since they're only using those colors, it's a really strong statement. If I put the colors that they're using, no shades or highlights behind my piece, then it's going to really bring my piece out because I have all these highlights. I look at other people's art, get influenced. Oh, okay, I see what they're doing there. And it's like I study it and I'm going to school. Every time I'm looking at graffiti, magazines, walls, trains, we're all doing it subliminally, subconsciously. So you mentioned Dime. Is there anybody closer to your region that inspired you to kind of break out from just two dimensions? Straight up, the PM crew from Tennessee. They really, like, blew my mind when I would see stuff on Art Crimes the first time I'd heard of them. Like, holy shit, what is this? It was like the music I was listening to back then was a lot of metal and all the band logos were really sharp and edgy. That's how they were painting graffiti. Like, there were death metal letters, beveled out, you know, had dimension. And they were coming out of trains, and they were drippy and splattery and with highlights on top of highlights. Scar, when he came to San Antonio for Clogcap 3, was, like, blown away by just watching him paint and his style. It wasn't until I actually went to Tennessee and linked up with Kodak, who really opened my mind on what to do with letters that was outside of the box and just kind of like shaped me. I never painted the same again. And then when I went back to Texas, everybody was just like, damn, dude, you're painting all Tennessee on us over here. And I'm like, this is just what I learned from Sensei Kodak. So Kodak was definitely like a huge, huge influence on me. And we're still like good homies to this day. We've collaborated a bunch and painted a bunch of walls. One of my really good friends in the graffiti world. The slot is unlimited. The human brain has an unlimited capacity for art that it likes. Dude, graffiti writers exactly. are insecure fucking toys. Listen, there's room for <laughs> everyone to get manhandled by a complete stranger if you just fucking write it out and get better. I think that comes with experience and with age. Like you're saying, when you're 20 years in the game, you start realizing that none of that shit really matters and it's have fun. What's your high score bowling? First off, who's going to go bowling and not drink? I drink. I have fun when I bowl. I get strikes every now and then. But I don't remember a high score because I don't even remember keeping score. I was just having fun. The only thing I ever scored high on was a random drug test. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Just go out back and just look up at the stars and just wonder what the shit is going on. Had some times where I've stared at the stars and just wondered how many other people are looking up at the same set of stars that I am right now, but like on a different planet. What else is out there? And then when I see those satellites going through the sky that look like a moving star, I stop and wonder, is that a UFO or is that alien life? Is that another species that's flying through the space? Something that I'll never know because I'm not going to venture outside of this planet till I die. 
even like the best acid trips I've had, I haven't been able to venture off this planet. So it's one of those things that I definitely think about. I know that we're not alone here in this galaxy or even on Earth. There's other species and creatures that dwell on the same planet that try to blend in. And I mean, you think we've actually been to the moon? I do feel like we have. I do feel like it's real. It's not a hoax. I wouldn't be surprised if one day somebody said, some Hollywood studios came out and said, yeah, we were the ones faked that news about landing on, on the moon. We actually filmed that in this Hollywood studio. We were the ones, and this is the set, and here's behind the scenes, look. I'd be like, oh shit, that was actually a fucking spoof. You know, I think about that time when they've had mishaps where the Challenger explodes and after launch, so devastating, and it's just like, damn, what are they really doing? Actually sending people off, or are they sending like an unmanned aircraft spacecraft up into the sky faking those lives lost so have you ever had a mohawk i did it was shaved bald like where the sideburns the back of the neck started getting longer as it got to the top and then once it got to the top it was just really long in the middle and at that time too i bleached my hair bright like platinum blonde like i look like that guy fieri (laughs) chef uh it was horrible i'll never do that again i don't want to look like that guy what kind of an influence has music had on your life i'm like i can't go without music music's had such a huge impact on my life anything but country and i've listened to a lot of stuff metal and hardcore they were both like a huge part of the beginning of my graffiti career converge is one of my all-time favorite bands and then like metal music i love pantera my music tastes were all over the place shit like little pump and little windex and just like what the fuck kind of music is this? but it's just something that just could vibe to and paint to and i mean i love like real hip-hop artists too like kendrick lamar and shit like that but i listen to everything man i still listen to like classic definitely like theatrical stuff like Mr. Bungle. I'll even get down with some disco when I want to like feel funky and just want to paint in the studio with a nonstop four on the floor kind of beat. House music, dubstep, that kind of stuff's cool too. Lots of gangster rap, something about it. Stuff that makes it to the radio is not my favorite stuff. I'm really drawn to a lot of like the minor chords. A lot of the stuff that gets to the radio is major chords, happier, like celebrating. Something about that darkness, the mood, the minor keys and tones, the Smith, New Order, and Depeche Mode, that kind of stuff, too. It's all over the place with me. Do you play any (laughs) instruments? Acoustic guitar. My real instrument is my vocals. I used to be in a couple bands 10 years ago. I haven't done anything musically since. I mean, I've written a, a few raps if you will it's nothing crazy i haven't performed them or anything like that or done a show like since i was in a hardcore band fuck i miss that shit dude i really miss being on stage and just holding the microphone and screaming at a bunch of kids that shit was fun (laughs) well if you knocked up three women you could probably do it again just sit there and scream at kids did you meet a lot of women when you were in a band i did i met a lot of women but to, to be completely honest i met more dudes than women that's not by choice it, with the metal music there was more male groupies than there were female and the same with graffiti too man it's the people that are coming up to you painting or after you're done performing are majority dudes you're like dude your shit is fucking sick or damn the way you fucking scream is fucking amazing it's just, uh, all right dude thanks man appreciate that can't hate on that because i i feel like i've been there before you're like thanks man but you mind taking your hand off my thigh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we were painting this wall it was the 10 of us on this one wall and this kid came up and asked me 
to spray paint his butt cheek. He's like, dude, Demise, I really love your work. Can you just sign my ass? Can you please just sign my ass? <laughs> Looking at him just straight face and confused. Like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, man, I'm really serious. I didn't even hesitate. I'm like, drop your pants, man. Show me that ass. What's up? <laughs> I was, like, trying to call him on his bluff, but, dude, he fucking pulled out his fucking ass, dude, just out of the set. Bam. Like, oh, shit, now I got to do it. So then I'm, like, I tag my name, and he's, like, just don't get the crack. And where do you think my eye went? This D-M-I right down the crack. And the S-E on the other butt cheek. He was just like, oh, it's cold. Funny, and I had to get a flick of that. And, yep, I still got that one for the memories. (laughs) But when you told me, ah, it's cold, I knew that was a factual story. This is the worst shit I've ever heard. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Have you ever painted a piece on a chick? I've done like two dozen body paintings, 2005, 2006. You know, nowadays, you know, I've, I've got my girlfriend who I think is incredibly sexy and she lets me paint on her all the time. That used to be something that definitely a part of. And then we even have shows too where we invite the public to watch it go down while we're painting on these girls. It made for an interesting kind of event where it's just a bunch of dudes just like walking around and go, oh, all right, that's a nice piece that you're doing there. Oh, oh, I'm not trying to look at those ass and titties, but I mean, that's some nice letters you got there. (laughs) You know, it's like everybody's just walking around a butcher's market and everybody's just looking at meat on display. It made it really weird because I look at it and I'm like, it is the female form. There's also this artistic display going on where you're painting some dope ass shit. You're trying to do a a graffiti burner that looks amazing to her shape. I forget that I'm actually painting on titties, you know? I forget I'm painting on breasts. I'm, I forget what I'm doing because I'm zoning out, like, how if I was painting a wall or a train. Or- Have you ever had, like, one of the girl's boyfriends just, like, staring? And she's like, get out of here, Derek. And you're like, yeah, get out of here, Derek. Scram. <laughs> it's definitely for the flick to me. Hell yeah, I can't wait to, like, post this. People are going to go nuts. Like, what? You got the paint on those? Yeah, you got the paint on that ass. Whoa, like, you lucky. I bet you smashed, homie. And it's like, nah, it's not like that. But, you know, I let people believe and think what they want to think. I had brought a girlfriend with me to one of these body painting shows, thinking it was a good idea. I don't know. She was like, yeah, I want to take pictures and document while you're painting this girl. But I really think she was there to keep tabs to make sure I was, you know, doing anything bad. The whole time that I was painting this girl, she was just giving me, like, the worst looks. She was just looking at me like I was the scum of the earth. And it was making it really hard for me to concentrate. I'm like, damn, like, why, why did I bring you here? And, and then to make things worse too, like, or there was one point where I had gotten comfortable with the model I was painting, painted her whole front side and she really loved it. And she was like, I need one of your flowers that you do painted right on my ass cheek. <laughs> Which ass cheek do you want? And she like stood right in front of me in the thong and, had her ass out and she was like which one do you want and like i don't know what possessed me but i just smacked her right side like i want to paint right there my girlfriend at the time that's when she lost it she just left the venue and i was fuck what did i do mind you this is like 10 12 years ago i was more out of my mind then i didn't have like any sense of boundaries or awareness that i might be doing something that might be pissing somebody off it's like you know, fuck it. This is a fun activity. This is a fun gathering right now. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to see how much I can get away with in front of my girlfriend. I think everyone thinks when they're 18, they're going to be a millionaire. They're going to have three kids. Where are you at in life? Did it pan out the way you wanted it to? I mean, are you happy? Oh, man, I'm super happy. 
I'm not like a Jesus freak or a religious person, but I definitely thank God for the day when I wake up. There's been a lot of situations that I've been in that are just like kind of dicey and I'm like, damn, I'm glad that's over with or I'm glad I got away from that. If I would have kept going down the same road that I was going 10 years ago with my art, that I'd be more successful. But it's it's one of those things. I was painting lots of murals. I was painting lots of graffiti. I was doing lots of art shows. I moved to Northern California and became a hippie and lost my mind and just forgot about painting as much. I was still doing the art, but not as passionately or as vigorously as I was back then. And I feel like as of the past two or three years, it's starting to come back. Going back to Texas uh, in a couple of weeks to reunite with my brothers and reunite with the Laws crew, it's definitely getting reignited. I'm definitely going to be painting a lot more and just wanting to be here to stay till the end. So tell me about Laws crew. Well, Laws crew, everybody kept saying life after wild style. This is Laws crew. So what, what does that mean? Well, the movie Wild Style, you have all these people painting. It sort of like sparked a generation of kids to do grass. Style Wars, Beat Street, like all those movies. When I got into graph, I watched those movies and I liked them. And I definitely respected what everybody did. But I'd rather watch one of those graph TV episodes that showed people painting freights in the daytime and just the stuff that was more relevant because we didn't have subways in Texas. So it wasn't something that I was like, oh, yeah, I could relate to that. Oh, that's cool. Like what they're doing with spray can and those colors, and those old school styles. Law's crew changed from... Life after wild style to all kinds of different acronyms, laughing at wax suckers, life as we see, lighting a wicked spliff. I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of crazy meanings for it. Person that started it in San Antonio, he moved from Chicago. His name's CN63. He brought it, got people like Suffer, Duo, Supa, Sheck. There was a, a handful of guys in that crew and they were doing dope ass productions, man. I would, if I ever saw anything, with that crew name on a wall, I knew it was, it was hot shit. Like, I was like, oh, fuck, there's a Laws crew wall over here around the corner. He was just like a little tail end, Laws written on the wall, and I knew once I turned that corner, it was going to be sick, be like a color blast to the face. Laws crew always had that high standard when it came to creativity, having strong members of the crew execute walls very finely. 2000s, it was really popping off. When they were throwing clogged cap shows and getting like all these hip hop artists and making like an actual festival where people were just painting outside and just barbecuing, doing graffiti live when it was such an underground thing. Laws Crew really helped shape my mentality on what graffiti was. Really thrilled when they asked me to be in the crew in 2004. And I've been a part of them since then. And we're doing a, a show May 5th in San Antonio called Law's Crew 18 Years of Service. And man, I'm excited, dude. There's going to be so many people from the crew that are traveling that are from out of state, like Wick and Rack. And I'm just excited to see my boys. My boy News, like my brother from another mother, he was one of my favorite painting partners from Law's Crew. When I lived in the Valley, South Texas, he lived in McAllen, I lived in Harlingen, and we like created a graffiti scene down there in South Texas. Like there was like kind of like a cholo graffiti scene there or like semi-gang graffiti scene, but it wasn't like the, the graffiti scene that we had in San Antonio. And, and I really missed that when I moved down there. And it was only four hours away, but still, I was like, fuck, dude, this place is kind of boring. Like, we need to spice this up. And I started getting walls, and then news hits me up. And he's just like, dude, no way. You moved from San Antonio, you're living down here? Let's paint walls. I saw him, like, 
get better in skill. Because, I mean, when he started, I was like, okay, this guy's got potential, but he's got some learning to do. And then he just, like, fucking blew up, like, out of nowhere. I was like, oh, shit, all right. This is what this dude's doing now. All right, cool, cool. Still crushing it to this day. So hats off to news. Has drawing ever got you in trouble, especially when you were a kid? Yeah, man. Ever since I could remember, I've been obsessed with nudity. In first grade, the teacher asking the whole class to draw a family portrait. And at that time, it was me, my sister, who was a year younger than me, and then my mom and dad. And in this picture, I drew them all naked, just all standing there holding hands. I'm six years old, so, I mean, it's not like a really good drawing, but you could tell what's going on. I mean, I drew, like, bushes and shit like that where the private parts were. I turned that in without my name on it because I was kind of embarrassed. Like, oh, wait, I just did that. Maybe the teacher's going to get mad at it. You know what? If I don't write my name on it, it's okay. She won't know. But I was the only one that didn't write (laughs) their name on the on the paper, on the drawing, it raised this huge stink to where my parents had to go over to the school and we had to talk to the counselors and they were asking me all kinds of crazy questions that I was like, what? Like, I just wanted to draw all of us naked. I think being naked is cool and like, that's awesome and fun. Never did I think that I was going to get my parents in trouble and I didn't get them in trouble. It wasn't like anything happened, but they definitely got questioned a lot. Why is your son drawing you guys naked? Are you guys just walking around naked in your house the whole time? What possessed him to draw this? To me, I don't even know why. It's such a, a taboo thing at that age. Funny, every time I drew a butt or or like a dick, I was just having fun. I was giggling the whole time, drawing like, <laughs> going back to class and all the kids look at me and whisper to each other about me. One little girl comes over to me and she goes, are you the one that drew the devil? And I'm like, what? Is that what they're calling it? So, like, at a very young age, I was, like, taught that that was, like, satanic. If eight, nine, ten years old, I was just obsessed with draw these little naked ladies and then crumble up the piece of paper before my mom would see it. And then I would throw it in this little crack in the wall that uh, where an outlet used to be, fall behind the wall. Probably, like, bunches of little crumbled up notebook pieces of paper are in that wall still to this day. <laughs> now, at 35, I'm doing these erotic drawings now. I'm expanding that side of my mind i wasn't able to as a kid but it's like in my adult years i'm gonna have fun with this i'm gonna have fun with sexuality i'm gonna have fun with erotic art such a magical thing man like you and i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the act of sex if you can make something artistic out of that an erotic piece of art the beauty and love behind sex i think it's essential for life you know, you seem pretty peaceful now. You know, you're talking about being like a hippie on the West Coast. But have you ever, like, had to throw hands? Have you ever gotten any scraps? When I was in the hardcore scene, you know, that was a regular thing. We'd have to sort of regulate the metalheads from the hardcore kids. The hardcore kids, we'd be doing windmills and throwing round kicks in the pit when these metalheads would come in and just start punching us in the head. And then we'd have to retaliate and regulate on those fools. One-on-one fight has been very rare for me. One good fight stuck in my memory, and it will never leave because it was just so bizarre and crazy how it all happened and how it all went down. Four years ago, me and my buddies in the bar district in this college town up here in Northern California, you know, having a good time, drinking. And there was this one girl that me and my buddy were really digging. Me or did she like him? Like, I don't know. Let's just hang out with her and find out kind of thing. And we were leaving this one bar. Ready hippie guy, and I mean, he's 
crusty looking dude with these long dreads that were like down to his waist, plastered drunk. And he's outside of this bar with a bunch of other people just standing out there smoking cigarettes. And that girl walks out. He's like, oh, my God. Yes, girl, you are it. Oh, I would lick your pussy all night and day. I would put my tongue in your ass. And we're just like, she, because she was, of course, disgusted. was like, oh, my God, like, what? Don't say that to me. And me and my buddy just shoved this guy like, hey, shut your fucking mouth, dude. Like, be respectful to the ladies, man. Don't fucking talk to them like that. What the fuck's your problem, you know? And, and everybody starts getting all mad at me for pushing the guy. And they're like, hey, bro, it's all love here, bro. There's no need to fight. There's no violence here. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck that, dude. What's up? Let it go. Let it go. And that guy walked away. And then that girl walked away, too. She just disappeared. So me and my buddy were like, oh, man, like, well, there goes that. Like, what are you going to do? We walked back to my vehicle. We've had a little bit to drink that we were just like, do we go home or we get some more drinks? Yeah, let's go find those guys. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, all right, yeah, let's go find those motherfuckers. What's up? It was one culprit out of the two, but there was two guys that were standing next to each other. That one dready guy was the culprit. We hop into my Montero. We drive around the corner, circling the bars, and we we pull up, and we see those guys standing at the stop sign, the Dreddy dude. I was like, fuck, there's the, there he is. And so we roll down the window, and I, I yell out, yo, Dreads. And he, he, like, looks up. I'm all, Dreads. And he goes, drugs? Oh, drugs. And he, he pats his buddy on the chest, like, drugs, dude, let's go. They just, like, hop in the back. I looked at my buddy. I'm like, dude, they're hopping in the car. All right, cool, sweet, let's go. So we got them where we wanted, and then we drive around the corner, and they're like, well, well, there's drugs, dude, what's going on? They're like, yeah, man, we got some drugs. <laughs> and they're like, cool, man, bust it out. And I just bust out a pipe. And they're like, oh, dude, that's just weed, man. Fuck, dude, that's just weed. And I'm like, hey, just chill out, bro, just chill out. I take a hit of it, pass it to my buddy. He passes it to them. So he takes a hit of this pipe, and he's sitting directly behind me. And he's like, <laughs> oh dude this tastes like shit and i'm like oh really dude this is my friend's shit man like that's some fighting words dude sounds like you want to fight homie <laughs> like just trying to find a reason and the dude's like so fucking wasted and gone he's like oh you really yeah fuck it dude i'll fight you dude fuck it i'll fight what's up his buddy is like dude no man you don't fight this guy he's he's looking for trouble you don't want to fight him no no dude he wants to fight. I'm I'm not backing down. What's up? I'm like, all right, cool, man. Let's get out. So we get out of my, my vehicle. We're standing behind it. I'm taking off my sweater, and I'm like, what's up, man? Get your hands ready. What's up? And then his buddy keeps saying, dude, no, man. Like, stop. You don't, You guys don't have to do this. And I was telling my other buddy, yeah, just watch his friend. And his friend's like, no, dude, nobody's got to watch me, man. I'm not doing anything, man. I'm just chilling. Like, you don't, no, nah, you guys don't need to be doing this, though. You guys are both drunk. Like, you don't need a fight. Just trying to talk us out of it the whole time. I just wait for the guy to throw a swing. And I remember just nailing him just with hook after hook. I remember grabbing some dreadlocks and just fucking punching him in the face just so many times. And the dude was like, he just like fell to the ground at one point. And I remember almost kicking him until like his buddy was like, all right, enough, enough. Like, you don't need to get that rowdy on. He's had enough. Like, he didn't get, like, one hit on me. The dude gets up, and he's just like, oh, oh. And I'm waiting for him to do something. And he looks me dead in the eyes, and he's like, 
just kind of like swaying back and forth, just looking at me. So, dude, you really got me. You really fucked me up, bro. It got dead silent, and he just stared me in the eyes and goes, thank you. Thank you, bro. I needed that. And like, come here, give me a hug. And and I'm like, what? Okay. And I'm hugging this guy, and I'm just like, why the fuck am I hugging this fucking fool? Shit. Okay. Okay, keep going. <laughs> you know, he's like, I really appreciate you, man. He's hugging me. He's like, he goes, man, dude, I really appreciate you for doing that. Some people say they want to fight and they don't really do it. Or they pull out a knife, and it's just stupid, man. But I'm glad that we we actually went for it. But, you know, I didn't get one hit. I didn't get one hit on you, so how about we go again? And I'm like, really? You want to go again? You didn't get your ass kicked enough. Like, you want to go again? And his buddy's like, dude, come on, man. Like, you don't need this, dude. You already got worked up. You don't need this. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, I want my chance. And my buddy's looking at me, like, just with a smile on his face, like, wow, this is actually happening. And I'm like. Yeah, let's go again. So then we tussle again. He got me, like, got a fucking nice punch to the face. And I remember, like, tripping over my feet and falling backwards. He was coming at me like he was about to trip and fall himself. He was fucked up. He's, like, landing on top of me. But while we're falling together, I, like, hit him twice in the face. Like, and I hit the ground. But then my buddy just sees this guy on top of me, rips him off of me, puts his knee on his chest and his hand around his neck, and he's like, that's my fucking brother, bro. You are not going to bid on my brother. And I was like, yo, yo, homie, relax, man. I had it. Dude, it's like overkill, overkill. You don't need to be choking this fool out. It was too crazy, man. The guy gets up, and he's like, oh, like gasping for air. He's just been, like, choked. And he's like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, man. You're cool. I like fighting with you, but your buddy is insane, man. What the fuck? He's got some problems. Yeah, I think on that note, we're going to bounce. We just left. <laughs> you know, you've met those guys that have never scrapped in their life. Those dudes are totally oh, yeah. man. Throw your hands once in a while. You'll feel a lot better. It's it's liberating. The people that haven't ever gotten a fight in their life or like shit talkers feel like they can get away with talking so much shit. It's because they haven't had their ass whooped. But that one for sure was like the funniest fight that I've ever been in. If you guys would have filmed that, you'd never have to work again. Anything else you'd like to leave us? Definitely give a shout out to my fallen soldiers. Loser from Law's crew. Terms from CIK crew. Those two dudes. I knew personally, and it really hurt when, when they left this planet, rest in paradise, to those two gentlemen. Um, Loser was definitely like a, a huge friend, paint partner, one of the most generous dudes that I ever knew, would just like pay for all the paint to paint a wall, pay for the meals afterwards, just took care of us, and I definitely missed that dude. Terms, he was one of those dudes that was just like down for the cause all the time, just, you need me to kick his ass? What's up, homie? Like, I got you. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. It's all good. I'm not even thinking that way. You Straight hood. I miss those guys. My living partners, like Inks and News, those are like my brothers in the graffiti game because we painted a lot growing up. All the other people, too. Kodak, Pacer, Cass, Suffer, CN, Word. Fucking dreadlock freaking wearing puke. What would you tell him right now if he was listening right now? Yo, man, you got to respect. Respect the women. You have to respect the ladies. You can't just be shouting out obscenities to them without even 
introducing yourself. At least introduce yourself and then say something. <laughs> you know, be a man about it. Cool, man. I think I'll take that advice, too. I know I've said a few things I probably regret. Luckily, I was bigger than the other guys. Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the one that won that the devil? Are you the